Unbelievable Podcast. They'll recap 16. On Indescribable Podcast, they'll share their points of view. And in this one, we see Nathaniel over. Joe's on rom-coms making him fantasize that he's living in one where he and Maya try to make exes jealous singing karaoke now onto your favorite podcast where we bring all of our takes for you Yes, that is right. We are here. We are back for uh, season four, episode 11 of Craziest Girlfriend here at One Indescribable Podcast. I'm Adam H. here with you week after week, guiding our way as best I can. And I'm not alone. Uh, never alone here on this podcast. I'm here with two of my very good friends. First and foremost, uh, someone, uh, you're like a really dumb, ugly, hopelessly in love nerd, Todd. Um, er, um, er, of course not. That's not right. <laughs> uh, I loved all, yeah, I mean, we'll get into this, but yeah, uh, that's really good. I love how much they just like really dove into it this episode. Um, gosh, also with us here today, someone who definitely would look great in a maroon dress. It's Lindy. Lindy, how are you? I think it was a magenta dress. Dang it. Was it magenta? <laughs> Did I write down the wrong color in my notes? Should I edit this out? Should I try it again? Maybe I just think you would look good in maroon, Lindy. Maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's that's, not a, approach, dude. that's not, not a probe, dude. Yeah, not a probe. Okay. Maybe I think it's a probe, not a probe, dude. Not a probe. What about what about Dr. Appropriate? <laughs> what about is, it? Is that a thing? Can we make <laughs> that a thing? That's not a thing. I don't know. I'm just trying to connect things. Dang, is it really magenta? Did I write this down wrong? This Let is me what check. I get. Let me it check. No, I think you're right. I really do yeah. think you're right. It's magenta. Yeah, it yeah, is. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, no, no. It, you know, uh, what can you do? What can you do? Uh, my notes are are incorrect here. I was, uh, it was very haphazard for me to get them uh, here today, but <laughs> thankfully I have anything. Um, yeah, Adam's been having a day, apparently. It's been a yeah. I've had to do a lot of things today that just do not involve my normal day to day. But that's okay. This is very my day to day because every Monday we get here together to record. Um, props to us, a pro pros, a co pros to us for no. That doesn't really work. That I'm doesn't sorry. work. Yeah. I, can we think of something that works? There has to be something there. There's just a a, a, a hmm. I don't Think know. Think about it and get back to us. But okay, what were you yeah. saying? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> well, you were saying props to us, and I'd like to know oh, what for. Yes, prop, props us for just not missing weeks. We're, we're still here Monday after Monday. Uh, the day-to-day, despite what happens during the day, uh, you know, we always know we're here at the end of the day recording this podcast. So props to us for not missing weeks. Props to CXG here for uh, Season 4, Episode 11, because I'm just going to say this. Right off the bat, at the start of the episode, this is one of my favorite episodes of the series. Wow. I don't know if that's a hot take or a big, I don't know if you disagree with this. I I very intentionally put nothing in our combined notes because I didn't (laughs) want to spoil anything. Oh, that was intentional? (laughs) 
This I is... was wondering because I am the only person to put things in my <laughs> notes. Yeah, Lindy almost never does, but I <laughs> love this episode so much. I, like, I am very close to saying that this is my favorite episode of the series. I'm serious. I'm like right there. I'm so ready to say it. Wow, that's. I mean, I enjoy this episode. I think it's a really fun episode. I was I was coming into it wondering how you guys were going to think about it because it's a very unusual episode of the series it's not your typical episode in any way shape or form um i like it a lot it definitely wouldn't mark it as one of my all-time favorites of the series i don't think but it's still a it's a fun episode i'm not surprised by adam's take at all i was expecting that oh. I, it's a great episode i would i would be surprised if one of us said oh i don't like this Dang, okay, well, I guess I have to make my takes hotter. Um, <laughs> I'll just, you know, again, I'll just say, like, right off the bat here, I've been obviously very high on Maya throughout the entire series. And if you're if you're listening along and you haven't watched ahead or whatever, you're probably like, man, Adam really loves Maya a lot. And even though she's been great in all of the episodes thus far, like, she really hasn't, like, stood out or, like, had some kind of, like, big moment. This is the moment. This is Maya. <laughs> this episode is, like quintessential why Maya is like probably my favorite character of the show. I think like she just does such a good job with everything she's given. I absolutely love her so much. Um, and I think this is like such a shining moment for Maya. Additionally, I will say the potentially interesting thing to talk about here, just like right at the onset of the episode, not a lot of Rebecca uh, in the episode. Yeah, I, that that's the thing that it's kind of interesting. Like this episode is almost no Rebecca, like next to none, especially next to no real world Rebecca. So it's like the least Rebecca we probably get throughout the entire series. I don't know if there's yeah. a single other episode that has this little Rebecca in it. So it's again, it kind of like stands stands out in that way. And like your your favorite episode of the series is one where the main character almost doesn't appear. So, yeah, uh, listen, it's interesting. Uh, I, I have no response to that other than I just really love the way that this is done. Um, and I also have to ask you both before we get into it here, your thoughts on rom-coms. How do you feel? Love, hate, adore, detest, indifferent. Lindy's sitting on a fence. Todd's sitting on a fence. You guys have no opinions. You didn't finish talking yet. I know. You know, just trying to set it up here. Okay. Uh, thoughts on rom-coms. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Um, you use some words that could be interchangeable. I guess I'll say I adore them. Oh. But famously, I just don't watch a lot of movies, but I love a good rom-com. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big rom-com guy. Uh, there's really well done ones I, I really enjoy. You know, I'm kind of that way with like most movies. Like I'll watch pretty much any genre. It's just like how well done it is. Uh, rom-coms are not top of my list, especially whenever it's like rom-com with lots of misunderstandings driving the plot. Those are the ones that just drive me crazy. And unfortunately, like a lot of rom-coms kind of like revolve around the misunderstanding. So that's just something that drives me crazy in like any sort of media. So that's one of the things that's kind of my stumbling block for a lot of rom-coms. But uh, the good ones, I, uh, I love a good rom-com. Uh, it's just a, uh, okay. there's lots of them out there that aren't really good for me. Okay, I like that. Uh, I am fully with Lindy here. I also adore rom-coms. Uh, I could watch them all day, every day, and be very happy with my life. Um, they're just, you know, they're just cute. They make you smile. You love that kind of stuff. Um, okay, 
Well, I think that's all I had at the top of the episode here. Uh, even though I, you know, said it's one of my favorite episodes of the seasons, Lindy is not surprised by that opinion. But perhaps uh, we will change our tunes here as we go through it, or perhaps you guys will get closer to my side and admit that this is such a good episode. Uh, without any further ado, though, yeah, Lindy, Lindy's so I already right now, said and that. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I already that we really like it. Episode. You know, so. mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, without any further ado, unless you you know want to uh, say anything else, uh, Lindy, take it away. All right. This one is called "I'm Almost Over You," and it's an interesting episode. The whole thing is one continuous story, so you don't have to jump from you know storyline to storyline. Uh, so this begins with Greg and Rebecca at Rebetzel's. And they're trying to define what this is between them. They want to take it slow. And they kiss. And Nathaniel sees them from across the lobby. (laughs) And he asked Leonard, Leonard, can you believe this? We were gym buddies. And he jumped in there, literally. (laughs) And Leonard says to Nathaniel, you're turning into a jilted, broken record. Like her. Get out from behind that plant. (laughs) And who is behind that plant? None other than Maya, who says, hey. (laughs) And Leonard says that she has been down here shooting eye daggers at Joanne all week. Maya says that they went out for two amazing weeks and then she ghosted her. And now she's all over that hair chew over there, Marcy. (laughs) And we see the two couples, Joanne and Marcy and Greg and Rebecca laughing as Nathaniel and Maya look at them from across the room. Uh, Thoughts on hair chewers? You ever, have you ever known someone who's a hair chewer? Or are you yourself a hair chewer, Lindy? Oh, oh I'm sorry. Why was that question pointed at me? Um, have you seen the lack of hair on my <laughs> head? Um, I think that's probably the reason why. Now, I, no, I wasn't saying it should have been pointed at Todd. I was saying, <laughs> why was it pointed at anyone? Who? Because we're, what do you mean? We're on the podcast. We're talking. Who else would you like me to point it to? Are you a hair chewer at everyone who's listening? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> we're the ones having the conversation. No, your first question was, do you know someone who's a hair chewer? Like, okay, fine. But then you're like, are you yourself a hair chewer, Lindy? Like you think <laughs> I am. I, I do not. Th- I'm not saying I think you are as I was, tr- I was really trying to not bring attention to Todd's lack of hair. Like I was really <laughs> trying to avoid that. And now it's become this whole big thing and you're avoiding the question, which really <laughs> makes me wonder. I don't chew my hair. I don't think I've known anyone who has, I don't know how common that is, but. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's like a hair chewer either. Hmm. Is uh, why are I, we well, about I, this? Cause I did know a hair chewer uh, in middle school. I don't think I'm going to say her name. There's no shot she will ever listen to this or get word of this, but like, you know, just, <laughs> I don't, I don't have nothing against her. So I don't like want to, I don't want to like tax anyone. I have no problem calling her people I don't like, but like I did know a hair to her and it's, it's tough uh, to be in the same place as them. that's, <laughs> it's tough, you know? You don't know, but I'm just going to tell you from firsthand experience. That's, it's tough. Okay. You know what else is tough? Uh, Nathaniel having to see Rebecca and Greg together. He tells Mm. George this is killing him that she's with him. And he wants to do something big and emotional and fun for Rebecca. And Paula hears these words and rolls over on her chair. (laughs) 
She's very interested. Um, she says she's an expert on romantic comedies. And Nathaniel says he's actually like never seen one, but he knows Rebecca likes them. And Paul's like, no, she loves them, especially the ones with some kind of powerless, dirty underdog with a wacky best friend who feels invisible, but then comes up with a scheme. Then the underdog makes a big grand gesture and wins the person of their dreams. So here we get the intro to the whole romantic comedy uh, theme of the episode. And then we see Nathaniel watching a bunch of these movies. Um, it seems like he's got them all on DVD. I mean, I think this was late enough that he could have just found these on a streaming site. But whatever. Um, am, I, am I wrong? I don't know. I feel like the I we have to go to Todd on this one. Because uh, I famously own zero DVDs. Just in my life, I just don't own them. Todd, uh, thoughts on owning the movies here or, uh, or whatever he's doing? Maybe renting? Yeah, I mean they all look, they're probably like Redbox uh, rentals, but uh, I, I agree that they probably could have found most of them on streaming by the time that this show was made. But also, you have the nice little visual uh, of like all the movies like laid out across the bed, which would be harder to get if you're like having the uh the streaming uh, aspect of it all so yeah they probably probably could have done it streaming but as someone who a uh, uh still has a netflix dvd subscription myself i uh, i definitely uh, understand people who still get a uh, physical media oh, what, uh, hold on wait <laughs> we have to stop here oh i knew we would i knew we i we first and foremost i do not know how we've gone this far without this information being revealed <laughs> that feels like something that comes out much earlier my second question, this is still a thing? Yeah, it's still a thing. Uh, people people think like, oh, everything's out there streaming. It's not. There are tons of things that are not available to stream anywhere. The only way you can find them is on DVD. Uh, it's Sometimes it's you know, lesser known things. Sometimes it's just like a, a fairly, you know, fairly well-known things that just for whatever reason, the rights have not been agreed upon for streaming anywhere. So yeah, I have a, a Netflix queue, my DVD queue that has like oh, well over a hundred films in it that are not available to stream anywhere. <laughs> and how uh, many DVDs wow. do you get at one time? Three. How There's one point in time where I was, I, there was a point in time where I was on the eight DVD at a time plan, but uh, that's been a while. Uh, there's, a lot more stuff available streaming than there was, but there's still, there's certain things, like whenever I was going through my project to watch everything from the Thousand One Movies to See Before You Die list, there are a good, like, a uh, 40 or 50 films I wound up getting through Netflix on DVD because I could not find them streaming anywhere. Wow. Um, what is... Oh, gosh, I have so many questions, but I, I want to like try and pitch this to someone. What's like the last movie you you got on DVD that like you couldn't find anywhere? What's like the pitch here? Why should people Why should people do this? Well, I mean, if I thought about the last one, it was like a, a The Mangler, a, a horror movie uh, by Toby Hooper based on Stephen King's short story that I watched for a, a, a movie watching challenge. So I don't know that that's the best pitch for people that you mm. know. But I mean. The, I would say that for me, someone who watches a ton of movies and likes to watch like the more obscure movies and track down things that are hard to find, something like that is a uh, you know, definitely worth it. But if you're someone who isn't that into movies, then yeah, I, uh, you can probably find the things that you want to watch uh, streaming. But 
some of the older films are sometimes a little hard to find elsewhere. Foreign films sometimes a little hard to find elsewhere. So wow. I feel like I've learned so much here. I legitimately thought this was no longer a thing. Oh, trust me. Every time I mention it, at least one person's like, they still do that? Yeah. And yep, I've been a Netflix DVD customer for about 20 years now. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. How I We need to move on, but like how quickly do you cycle through like the, the three movies? Like how often do they send them to you? Um, it, it varies. I mean, it depends on how, you know, how quickly I, I get through them. And since I've started like doing things like podcasting and D and D and things like that, I don't watch as many movies as I used to. I used to cycle through quite a few each week and usually before, also before, uh, COVID and everything where the, the mail service kind of slowed down a little bit. Used to, I could send something to them in the mail on Monday. They'd get back on Tuesday. I get the next DVD on Wednesday. It takes a little bit longer Whoa. now. Yeah, I used to, like, I would keep track of when the new movies were coming out on DVD. And they usually, they always came out on Tuesdays. Tuesday was new DVD day. But if I returned my films on a Friday, they would get back there on a Monday and they'd mail the new DVDs out on Mondays so the DVDs would get to me on Tuesday. So I used to keep track of never the new DVDs that I wanted to see were coming out and like try and time my mailing back to make sure that I would get the movies I really wanted to see as quickly as possible. This is incredible. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got nothing. Lindy, all I love it. I love it. <laughs> I remember the DVDs like from a long time ago but yeah i haven't haven't done that in ages yeah no i actually recently posted some pictures of the netflix dvd sleeves in the discord in the halloween channel because they uh, have like halloween themed artwork on the dvds for the uh month of october so wow. so i already have had this conversation recently from people saying you still get they still do that so yeah yep they do still do that I know, I know at least Kurt, do it, I know like, Kurt Clark and I both still do it. I don't know of anyone else out there, but no Kurt Clark and I are both people who still get DVDs from Netflix. I know some people do it like for games. Like you can cycle out games. You just want to like play it and then return the games. I know that's a thing, yeah. um, which makes a lot of sense to me. Cause you don't, you don't have to like buy the game. You still get to play it. Uh, but wow. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I I don't. I, I knew it was going to derail things. I didn't know it was going to blow Adam's <laughs> mind <laughs> so badly. I literally think that everything is available streaming these days, and if it's not available streaming, like God does not mean for me to watch it. That is like <laughs> that is my <laughs> that is my logic. <laughs> whereas, whereas if that's I, not streaming, it's not my business. Yeah. <laughs> whereas I have gotten so far as I have like, like tracked that I've actually have bought things on physical media because there's no other way for me to to watch them, and I'm like determined to track some things down and watch them. So wow. we're as, that's dedication. Uh, I appreciate yeah. the dedication. We are we are very different people, as Lindsay yeah. once told of. Rebecca. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think I'm probably in the middle, like. If there was a show I really wanted to watch and it wasn't streaming, I might consider buying it on DVD if it wasn't like super expensive. And I have hung on to some DVDs of shows that I love just in case there's times when they're not on streaming. Um, but other than that, I probably wouldn't wouldn't do that much. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Adam's if reaction. I'm just like shook. If anyone else, if anyone is listening and and does this service, I I would like to know. Like I'm curious, like what the you know, what it is. I'm also curious, like how much it costs relative to regular Netflix, because like I feel like it should cost less somehow because you're not actually getting as much, but also they're mailing it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we, I don't know. That's why I have no. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can talk, you know, the the cost effectiveness of it uh, offline. Yeah, maybe I'll just, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll just look it up. Okay, All I right, agree. Sorry, Let's, Linda, uh... you should, yeah, we, we should keep going. We're like two Let's seconds back into to the, the episode. episode. I did not know that the DVDs would cause such a conversation. <laughs> I truly did not. Um, but hey, that's how it goes. So yeah, Nathaniel's watching them. One of the characters is talking about like, oh, it's. I don't know. And Nathaniel is saying to her, you know, it always works out. And then he sighs and it transitions from him, uh, you know, as he was in reality into he's now wearing a different shirt. Um, He looks a little less put together and he can't see very well until he puts on some glasses that are sitting on the nightstand. And so he runs over to the mirror and he's like, Oh, I look awful. I'm atrocious. I'm a dork. And I love this. And I also love the way he spins around in the mirror to see himself. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Some some good physical comedy from him in, in that moment. Just the, the spin and looking everything. I love it. His, his idea of atrocious is his hair is slightly messy. And he's wearing a, you know, not put together shirt. And he's wearing glasses. He's atrocious. and uh his friend george is there who is the wacky best friend uh he loves sports and he's unreasonably cocky for such a slight man (laughs) and he's telling nathaniel we've got to get to work yep so obviously we are now in the rom-com portion of the episode as we're in nathaniel's fantasy i feel like george is like i'm this episode's a great job of capturing these uh, archetypal characters from different rom-coms. And George is uh, really personifying that character, that guy's best friend from so many comedies where he's just like all the time just talking about sports. He's there to be like the, the guy's guy, but he's also obviously not really a guy's guy. And he's just putting on airs because he's not really that big of a thing you know it's like you've seen this character in so many movies and uh it's pretty it's pretty good i love how he just keeps throwing out random sports phrases to punctuate sentences or scenes like hot diggity basketball you know <laughs> uh i will say i this is a really good george episode i really <laughs> love this character and you know uh i go ahead lindy sorry finally yeah. finally it's someone else george needs... is a being george so yeah I'm this isn't like... george this is like george playing someone else but i will oh, say oh but this can be maya this can be I... Maya's shining moment but not you're George's. damn right it can be Maya's shining moment <laughs> okay Lydia. then you're a hypocrite um yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> i was teeing up that exact argument lindy so thank you for thank you for running with uh <laughs> I do, yeah, I really love this George character, partially because, like, I have friends that are this archetype, like, I, <laughs> and then there are sometimes when I am this archetype to my other friends, so, like, I really, I really love this, uh, yeah, George had a really good episode today. I, I mean, we'll talk about this 
I think many times as the episode goes on, but I love every single reference to kind of a a trope in romantic comedies and even movies in general. It just there's some of that in every single scene and it's it's really well done and I love it. One thing I love about this that they don't even call out is that like George is at Nathaniel's apartment like before work. That's a thing that happens all the time in TV and movies like, "Oh, we've got to go to work." And it's like, "Why is he there?" Like it's <laughs> Um, so then they arrive at work and uh, when they walk in, Daryl tells Nathaniel, looking especially ugly today. (laughs) Daryl is horrible in this episode and kind of for no reason. He doesn't have a big role. Uh, every time, I don't know, Lindy, he has some really good stuff. Every time he's (laughs) like, every time he basically insults Nathaniel's appearance, I laugh so hard. (laughs) Like, it's really good. What would you say? I, what archetype is Daryl personifying, do you think? I think? I feel like the others, it's a little bit more clear-cut, whereas Daryl is just more just like the random, like, almost like bitchy co-worker type, type thing. It's not quite that. So I don't know. I feel like Daryl's the one who doesn't necessarily fit a, into a slot as easily as some of the other characters do. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. I, you know, he's definitely like that side character who like is really egging on the main characters to like pursue whatever their goals are. Uh, I don't know that that's like a trope by any means, but I think that we do find those kinds of characters that have one, two, three, you know, single digit number of lines that are just like, yeah, keep going, you know, like do do this. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone in the office starts panicking because, you know, someone's coming. Turns out it's Bert. But in this reality, he is this cold, demanding boss. He shows up in the elevator wearing sunglasses and everyone just scrambles to make sure everything is perfect for him. And he he wants Tim to get him, what, the, the sixth uh, girl with the dragon tattoo book, which doesn't really exist but he he wants it anyway this is very devil wears prada uh yeah that's my mo- my notes like this is Bert's devil wears prada moment and i loved it i mean <laughs> seriously this whole thing like the energy of him coming in was just electric i mean you, you get like the, <laughs> the the bass line there they get the drums going i felt like this was the beginning of a rom-com you're laughing lady but like they parody this so well that like bert walking in i'm like yeah bert is that boss like the, yeah <laughs> i was not laughing at the content of the episode i was laughing at how like in love with this episode you clearly are like you're enamored <laughs> i by am this <laughs> i am i love it so much lindy i said right at the beginning i think this is my favorite episode we love to hear it i mean i'm not complaining <laughs> uh so then of course we find out that there is a big presentation coming up with a big client in 48 hours (laughs) and of course uh bert assigns nathaniel to be on point for this with maya assisting (laughs) and this is so funny like the whole big presentation that they're all panicking over this whole time it's such a like i don't know that i could pinpoint a specific movie that has this exact thing but it it's so familiar to me like oh there's this big presentation coming up we have to oh and we're the two people thrown together to work on it 
yeah, yeah. It's one of those things. That's, it's a trope, but never stop down and think, now, where do I know this trope from? It's a little harder to pinpoint. The one that I think of, like, big, the Tom Hanks movie, big. There's, like, big presentations they're working on that, him and his love interests. Uh, that's, like, the one that pops into my head. It's not quite this, the same, but that's, like, the, the one that's, like, is hmm. forefront of my mind. Because uh, it's used very differently in that movie to kind of show that he's like moving away from who he's should be, but but yeah, I, it definitely felt very very um, no spot on. Is big a rom com? Um, I'm I could hear the argument. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It kind of is and kind of isn't. I, I not suddenly a rom com in the in terms of like it doesn't end in the romance happening, but there is like a big romantic aspect. Of it. I mean, is Devil Wears Prada a rom-com? I wouldn't really consider it that, but they're, they're channeling Devil's Wears Prada big time here, but I think it's just more like, you know, I feel like other movies probably do have like that demanding boss character. It's just like Devil's Wears Prada did it so well. That's like the big thing that they're like riffing on, but I'm sure there are rom-coms that do have that super demanding boss character as well. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of rom-coms that, like, start in the workplace. I'm thinking, like, The Proposal or something like that, where, she, you know, she walks in and it's all, like, you know, serious and stuff like that. But, okay, it's big a rom-com. That's interesting. Big is a fantastic movie. Again, I'm, you know, not the biggest movie guy, but wow, what a film. I really love it. Um, so Nathaniel's talking to George and he's like, okay, I just need to figure out the plot. Like, that's kind of how this is working. <laughs> um, and then of course Jim pops up and he's like, Greg's opening his dad's old restaurant in two days. And he's going to ask Rebecca a big question at the event. <laughs> so Nathaniel's like, that's it. <laughs> I, I just want to say right now, I love Jim as the exposition guy. Every time Jim pops into a scene, just to dump exposition, then pops out cracks me up especially as it gets like like weirder and more forced as it goes along it cracks me up more and more yeah i t totally agree todd i feel like this is another big trope of these rom-coms just like oh guess what this convenient event happens to be here and i'm just gonna tell you right now <laughs> because like this is how this works uh and they even like address it too near the end like when he does it for like the third or fourth time yeah it's, it's really good the supporting cast of this episode is getting a chance to shine here. Honestly, that's like part of the reason why I really like this episode. We love Rebecca a ton and we love Rebecca centric episodes, but like the supporting cast of the show is so good. And like giving them the opportunity to have these moments is, is awesome. And Nathaniel wants to go see Rebecca downstairs and George is really excited. Cause he's like, yeah, the only things I care about sports and your love life. Tracks. That tracks. I, I've had days like that where all I care about <laughs> is sports and someone else's love life. Like, truly, I've definitely had those days. It rang very true. I loved that. Um, so downstairs, you know, Rebecca is with Greg. She's laughing. And Nathaniel says, of course, like, she's unrealistically gorgeous. And there's this just, like, golden light. And she looks amazing. And, of course, Greg looks like a huge jerk with his outfit and just the way he's <laughs> kind of carrying himself. And George says, I hate that guy as if I had a personal beef with him. <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, Greg is like every like 80s villain, you know, stereotype rolled into one in this. They really uh <laughs> they really show that when Greg is like, "Why do you work in this dump anyway?" 
And Rebecca says, because I own it, silly. And he says, well, I own you. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) like, okay, he's punchable. They're making Greg punchable. (laughs) It's so bad. But, I mean, that's the point. (laughs) And then, of course, Maya is there. And George says, look, it's our quirky but cute coworker who could be a stunner if she tried harder. And Maya just clumsily drops her books and Nathaniel helps pick them up. She says, you know, I have opinions and a brain. I know that makes me hard to love. So Joanne and Rebecca notice, you know, their exes walking around the lobby. And Rebecca says, why are you with Maya? Seeing you together is ridiculous. And then Nathaniel gets an idea and he kisses Maya. And he says, we're dating. Jealous. Gasp. The, uh, I mean, what a passionate kiss they had there right out in public. Uh, you know, th- it took me by surprise here is they're, you know, just making out right there in the, in the center. Uh, I, yeah, I really loved it. And Maya has some just incredible lines there. She's like sticking up for herself. Uh, the Scooby-Doo line, which Todd pointed out here is like, it's so good. Every, every line here from Maya is just amazing. What was the Scooby-Doo line? Uh, about the glasses here, right? No, that comes later. later. That, that comes after the makeup. Oh, part. what does she say here when she drops the book? She's like, oh, oh, uh, what smaller women than me have been picking up bigger books than this for decades, <laughs> decades. Yeah. yeah, that's the that's the line here. Uh, I got these all mixed up here. Yeah, I, every everything that she says is so good. She's like so fierce to Nathaniel, and then just boom, a kiss. <laughs> So later upstairs after this, Maya says, who do you think you are? Like, I have to call out the lack of verbal consent. (laughs) But he says, yeah, oh, yeah. (laughs) We stand consent. Yeah. But since this is a movie, you know, movie trope, he's like, look, I've got a solid scheme. If we pretend to be together, Rebecca will realize she wants me back. And Maya says, well, what's in it for me? And he says, Joanne. classic fake relationship and uh kind of in in passing here tim rushes out he is trying to go get that book for bert and he's talking to his parents on the phone saying that he chose his career over relationships <laughs> I, I love that like i he's telling me to choose my family my career and i choose my career because <laughs> he's like flying, getting ready to fly to sweden i think at this point yes and then maya has thought about the plan, and she says, this goes against all my principles, but I think it'll work. And, of course, Paula confronts them and says, you're supposed to be working on the big presentation! Yeah, Paula being obsessed with this big presentation and basically doing nothing else, I will say, like, that it works for me really, really well. And it probably shouldn't have because, like, it's such a very one-note thing. Um, But one of the things that I do think is interesting about this episode is that for basically three seasons, we have seen a rom-com version of Rebecca's life through Rebecca's eyes. And Paula has played a huge part in like trying to make that a reality. And now here, when we are actually like, you know, spoofing a rom-com, Paul is only concerned about the big case with the big client. It's I think it's just like poetically brilliant. It really works for me too. It's really funny. And again, I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really familiar. Like just a one note thing where they just really care about this big presentation (laughs) that they're not even working on. 
Um, and I also love how in between a couple of the scenes here, they've got transition shots of like a, a, a bustling <laughs> city. <laughs> Yeah, but obviously different cities. Yes. <laughs> California, New York, California, New York. At one point, it was definitely some somewhere in Asia. You it know? was the Eiffel <laughs> Tower there, one of them. Like they, yeah, they were all over the place. I love that. And uh, Nathaniel and Maya are talking. They're going to try to work on the presentation, but Nathaniel says, do you want to work or do you want to fall in love? And her response is, my dead mother always told me that I could do both. <laughs> Just like, oh, <laughs> the dead mother bit for Maya every time this episode. <laughs> it just, everything worked. It all clicked. Everything clicked here. And the two of them wonder how to get Joanne and Rebecca in the same room so they can flaunt their love and make them jealous. And that's when Jim pops in and says, who's coming to building karaoke? Oh, yeah. And that's building right. Karaoke. It's, the, it's the whole building. <laughs> a party like that would take a while to plan, but it's tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to be fair, they could have been planning it for a while, but yeah, yeah, yeah. true. But they but, just announced it now, so yes, now is the time. Uh, would you guys go to building karaoke if you were in that uh, situation? I would. Okay. Yeah. Would you? I don't. Th would you sing? Depends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Uh, so Nathaniel and Maya think that's perfect. They're going to sing a song there. But Nathaniel says, there's just one problem. We're uggos. We're before <laughs> pictures. We're basically invisible. We need makeovers. It's just one problem. We're uggos. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are the, what are just, just <laughs> so funny. He says it so seriously, too. When, like, these are probably two of the most attractive people on the show. There's just one problem. We're uggos. <laughs> well, that's the thing. In movies like this, when uh, there's a makeover, it's like the people weren't unattractive to begin with. It's like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. everyone I mean, knows the... that when you're wearing glasses, that means yeah. you're a total uggo. Yeah. Oh, yep. no. <laughs> <laughs> Adam and Todd oh. are wearing glasses for the record, <laughs> listeners. Uh, Lindy's just telling everyone that, that she co co podcast a couple of uggos. That's what she's mm -hmm. doing. That's not <laughs> I'm telling people. That's exactly what I heard, too, Todd. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard. Good point, Todd. That is not what I, I, I'm saying. Adam was calling himself that, and I just wanted to point it out. Mm -hmm. Not all the listeners know what we look like, so. That's true. Okay. There are actually some people listening to this who have not seen our, our faces before, which is still mind-boggling to me. But hello, people who've never met us. You're not uggos. <laughs> <laughs> we might be, but you're not. <laughs> okay, speaking of uggos. Uh, so Maya says, I like my sensible and quirky clothing, which expresses my individuality and feisty progressiveness. <laughs> I love the feisty progressiveness. Yes, I love it. And of course, they're going to do the makeovers. It's just going to happen. Mm -hmm. So for some reason, uh, Daryl, George, and Paula are there to see them. <laughs> they're sitting on a couch uh, while Nathaniel and Maya are in their dressing rooms. And Daryl says, thank goodness they're doing this. They're hideous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... It's just out of nowhere. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny because, like, 
there's no cleverness. He's not making a joke. He's just outright being like, they're hideous. Um, and Paula, of course, they don't have time for this. They have that big presentation that I am invested in without being directly involved. And then Nathaniel walks out of his dressing room in these cool new clothes to this cool music. And of course, they're all shocked. <laughs> and Nathaniel's like, I don't remember taking a shower. And somehow, even though my contacts weren't in there, I'm now wearing them. <laughs> but of course, he looks great. And now we get to see Maya, who opens the curtains to her room. And she's wearing this nice magenta dress. And her hair is down. And Paula says, where are your glasses? And Maya's like, oh, so I took those off. They're not prescription. I wear them to honor Velma from Scooby-Doo. She's everything. Yeah. I mean, just like that's an A plus line. <laughs> Every part of it is so good. First of all, we stand Velma uh, from Scooby Doo, uh, just first and foremost. Um, also, good lord, Maya looks stunning here as she's coming out in this dress. We definitely have seen Maya in like very intentionally, I would say, like modest, nerdy clothing, I think is like what they have like very purposefully dressed her in. Um, sensible and quirky clothing sensible and quirky quirky. sure uh but like goodness my looks stunning i loved every part of this the rom-com trope has worked on you adam yeah it always does it's the trick and literally every time it will it will work on me so and it works on nathaniel he's like you look wow and there's this sweet music playing and there's clearly this moment of them looking at each other and nathaniel says something weird is going on and then uh daryl yells building karaoke is right now of course it's right this minute like they've got to get there now and george says gasp you can't miss your chance to make rebecca jealous which will then set the table for your grand romantic gesture later football and Paul says, let's go. And then after, can we please get back to the big presentation? I beg you. And of course, they have not practiced a song, but they're rushing off to karaoke. And the karaoke party is, of course, at home base. Where else? And <laughs> for some reason, Josh is there getting the crowd hyped up for this. Yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, this was maybe the worst part of the episode. <laughs> In my mind, don't really understand why Josh is here. I feel like we we would have been okay with a Joshless episode. And I think what's sad is this version of Josh isn't that different from regular Josh. Like, yeah. I can see regular Josh doing this as he's DJing a karaoke thing. So it kind of, I mean, maybe he's a little more exaggerated than normal. But I think it would have been better to have, like, a different person here falling into this role that doesn't normally do this sort of thing. I think that would have been funnier than just having Josh being a slightly more exaggerated version of his own DJing. I don't know. I thought it was fine. I, but yeah, it did really fit his normal character. It wasn't a stretch at all. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't mind it like like Adam uh, does. But I, I just felt like, yeah, it would have been better to have, I think, someone else. I don't know who else to do it. A uh, Maybe Y. Joe, maybe Hector, maybe Heather. Like any of the characters who didn't show up in this episode at all, I would have preferred to see pretty much any of them do this a, uh, other than Josh. I think that would have been like funny to see like Heather up there, like DJing the karaoke contest. I think that would have been hilarious. I think if it was Heather, but like a personality that's like Josh was showing here, just like totally 
you know, excited and getting the crowd excited. I feel like that's not something we would normally see Heather doing. So that would have been really funny. Yeah. So Rebecca is uh, thanking Greg for coming. Babe, thank you for coming to this. And he says, shut up. You look hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just so over the top this whole episode. Uh, And again, it just all works for me because it's like it's so anti Greg, but it's like so in that trope. Uh, It's just incredible. And even down to the outfits too. I know they like mention it at the end, but like, you know what he's wearing with the, with, uh, with those like sweaters and jackets. It's just, it fits the scene perfectly. (laughs) Yeah. And later on, he's actually wearing two sweaters at once, Yeah, which is, I think that's the the last scene with him in it. And Rebecca says, babe, you're so funny. And just the way that Greg says, yeah, (laughs) I don't just I can't do it. But watch the episode. The way that he responds to that is so funny. That had me laughing. (laughs) Um, And also Joanne and Marcy are there together. And so Nathaniel and Maya walk in and there's this swelling music. And of course, you can see on Rebecca and Joanne's faces that they're jealous. And of course, they get the karaoke started and Josh asks if there are any duets. <laughs> and Maya says, we've got nothing to lose except everything. There's so many. It's so high stakes, but it's just a karaoke song. And I love it. Yeah. And right before that, never a. Uh, uh, Greg, Greg's like asking Rebecca about, you know, what are you interested in them or something like that? And she's like, um, or, um, of course not. Like very like audibly, it's not just like, uh, it's like, um, or, um, like very clearly enunciating the things like very like broad version of it, which cracked me up. Uh, Like obviously doing the, the stumbling words in a way that's like over the top. That was pretty funny. And also then there's also Marcy's voice. Yeah. Slash laugh. Um, which I, I I do think that that is a little bit of a, a trope. I, I think Janice from Friends is like the the big thing, like the automatic <laughs> go, you know, a uh, with Marcy's voice. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that I, was I, really I, bad. Yeah, and let's hear uh, yours, Lindy. <laughs> I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's really what I thought was going to happen there. Not even going to give it a go. But you want to try the Marcy? Hey, Marcy! Hey, yeah. Hey, Marcy. Yeah, oh, that was really jo- good. <laughs> now you have fun. to try it, Lindy. Why, why are we the only ones out here doing this? Because this is all voluntary. I don't have to do it. <laughs> but Joanne's response is like, oh, I love your voice to laugh. Others might find it grating, but not me. So, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So then we have our first and only song in the episode, which is called Gratuitous Karaoke Moment. And let's go to Adam first. How do you feel about this one? I mean, unsurprisingly, this worked very well for me. Um, I know. The one one thing I will say, I don't know that this song or even like a version of this song would have worked in an episode that wasn't this episode. Um. Like, I don't know how good of a song it is, but for what it's doing here and, like, how it's doing it, I'm all in. 
Uh, and so it, it's it's going to be a little complicated to rate because, like, if I'm just talking about the context of this episode, I really loved it. Like, them starting off bad, getting gradually better. Like, even the crowd also, like, getting involved in there. Like, it's very, very fun. Um, and, like, the, I think the lyrics are actually really, like, funny and witty throughout the whole entire thing. But in terms of, like, <laughs> do I love this song just in general? Uh, uh, I don't know, <laughs> but I do love it the way that it works in this episode. Yeah, I think I can get on board with that. I think that, a, uh, like I said, for this episode, for what we have going on, and that this is like all in Nathaniel's head, and that basically all the song is is just them narrating what is happening as they are singing. Uh, you know, I feel like in another setting, another episode, uh, Gertrude's karaoke moment song might be a little more like, nuanced than this one is this was just like pretty much like in your face like this is you know blatantly what is happening with every moment as we're going through it uh but i think in this case it works pretty well again like it's definitely not going to get like the the full the full bowl pretzels from from me but i do think it's it's a pretty fun song and it fits well with the spirit of the episode which the humor in this episode is all about just hanging a lampshade on all the tropes. And so this song just goes in right there. Like they're going to call out everything they're doing. They are making it super blatantly obvious. Hey, this is why we're doing this thing. And so this song fits into the tone of the episode really well. Yeah, I think I mostly agree with that. I, I think it's great in this episode. Like I love how it just narrates from beginning to end, how this song goes and all of the lines are really funny like somehow we are both doing this move like where they're kind of like i don't know how to explain it but they're both doing like the same dance move at the same time <laughs> and also saying like sadly this film does not improve after this <laughs> like <laughs> so i think it's really clever and funny um i think i probably am gonna rate it pretty high just because like you guys were saying it works so well and it's it's really well done. Um, so yeah, I don't really have any complaints about it, but I see what you're saying about how it only fits in this context. But I think, I think a lot of the songs are kind of like that in a way they're very in context for the most part. That's true. So, uh, the crowd is really into the song. Even Greg, he loved it. <laughs> and, Rebecca, you know, of course, this made her jealous. So she wants to leave to go on Greg's boat. And it's called The Greg. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Is there a worse name for a boat? And I love <laughs> Greg. I am fully team Greg. But like that, that is maybe the worst name you could have for a boat. I'm sure there are some like really inappropriate names that would be really bad. But... Yeah, I mean, a name that has talking about like drowning or capsizing or things oh, like that could be pretty I didn't even bad think as well. That. Yeah. Um, wow. We just talk about the worst thing for a boat. Like dark. something that's like, that's going to, you know, I mean, that's, that's my, I mean, it is October. I've been watching nothing but horror movies. Yeah, so like, this my, is my, my, my brain's in the, in the dark, in the dark place, but yeah. It all makes sense. Lindy was like, please don't use cuss words. And Todd was like, let's get some <laughs> horror into this. That was, I mean, that. <laughs> That was basically what just happened, which perfectly tracks for every single part of this podcast. Okay. Um, yeah. We could also use this opportunity to mention the name of, of Pacey's boat from Dawson's Creek, but. True know. love. Uh, yeah. Mm. If Sarah listened to this, then it would just like give her, you know, like 
pain yeah. to remember true love. But Sarah doesn't listen to us. And yeah, never will. luckily so we never have about, to worry about that. Yeah, so we talk about true love as much as we want. Okay, well, but I, I love I hate, true love. I hated it. <laughs> Everything true love represents, I love, and Adam is against true love. Yeah, because uh, true love gets killed in the storm and drowns in a terrible, miserable fate. So, and that that makes you not like true love. Yeah. Because of the heartbreak, Lindy. Okay. All right. I'm sure you were heartbroken at that. And uh, that was your Dawson's Creek minute here <laughs> on. One of yeah, this podcasts. isn't a Dawson's Creek podcast, and some people have no idea what we're talking about. So, anyway. That's true I'm... of basically 80% of this podcast, though. So, you know, people have no <laughs> idea what we're talking about. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. We have no idea what we're talking about most of the time either. So, really? we're, we're all in this together. I will point out that Speaking I of that, there's a lot of high school musical stuff going on <laughs> this uh, episode. I didn't even bring it up, but like them singing karaoke there, yeah. very high school musical. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. The karaoke moment, the primary movie it made me think of was high school musical. It's like the first thing I thought of, the main one I thought of for the gratuity. I don't miss a lot of opportunities to bring up high school musical because I love high school musical. So, uh, okay. Sorry, Linda, you were trying to talk and then got mad that we interrupted you to talk about high school musical. But I refuse to apologize for bringing up high school musical because that is above anything that any of the three of us have to say. But uh, go ahead. I was not mad that you were talking about High School Musical. I would have loved to participate in that, but I was mad that you interrupted me <laughs> when I was trying to, when I was in the middle of a sentence. Doesn't matter what the topic of your interruption was. We're all in this together, Lindy. <laughs> you don't, oh my gosh. Get your head in the game. Come on. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Stick to the stuff you know. Okay, the things I know are arguing with Adam. <laughs> yes. That's like pretty much it. <laughs> That's it? That's nothing else? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's pretty much a full-time job though. Wow. So yeah. I mean, someone's gotta do it. I like mean, they Adam don't said, no one has to every do Monday. It, yeah, they don't have to do it. Like people, you know, it's not a requirement, but people people tend to do it a lot. <laughs> you should ask yourself why that is. I do every day, but then I just stick to the status quo and then, <laughs> you, you know. I think you might need to watch High School Musical a few more times. I think you might be missing the message there. Okay, but that's the best song of the movie. Can we all agree <laughs> on that? I'd have to think I, about it. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it's definitely one of the better songs. Of the movie. Okay. It's been a long time since I've watched High School Musical and or listened to the soundtrack other than singing it in High School Musical, the musical of the series. Hmm. I still haven't started that. Maybe I will one day. Then you're a fake fan. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Wow. Lindy Jeez. gatekeeping high school music yeah, over here. Not even allowing my God. Um, I'm just still mad at you for interrupting me because now the moment has passed for what I wanted to say. So what what did you want to say? <laughs> well, let's bring the moment back. What do we have? What, do, what were we? I don't even know what we were talking about. This is so many minutes ago, but I'll say it anyway. Please. I was going to say that, for the record, I was on the Dawson's Creek recap uh, episode of the episode where true love gets destroyed, just in case anyone's interested. <laughs> so you destroyed true love? I did not, personally. No. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, go check out that episode. I you know, certainly would uh, certainly would recommend that. Yeah, and also check out me and Todd talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series on Fleet Face Podcast. 
Should we start doing plugs in the middle of our podcast? <laughs> I think we just did. I just, think we just did start it. So. Start doing plugs. Just right in peppering the it throughout the whole the whole episode. <laughs> I did it because it was relevant, but again, because you interrupted me, it was no longer relevant when I said it. So now it just sounds like an out of place plug. So I'm sorry. Cut, you can cut it out. There's no way I'm cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, back to the episodes. I don't even know how we got here. Okay. So, Joanne and Marcy leave as well. And Nathaniel and Maya have been so caught up in each other and the song that they didn't see that happening. So, when they look around, um, they notice that everyone's gone. And they wonder if their plan worked. They're not sure. So, at the office, probably the next day, Tim tells Bert that he couldn't get the book. and. Bert fires him. It's pretty harsh, but that's how these bosses are in these types of situations in these movies. Um, and Nathaniel and Maya are talking. They don't know why Rebecca and Joanne left. And Maya says, like, I can't do this anymore. This isn't the kind of girl I am. And she runs out. And then we see Nathaniel and George doing yoga in a park. And this <laughs> delighted me. This was so amazing. Yes. I mean, you see it all the time. All the time in these movies. Like the, the two best friends, like in a park or at the gym or something like this, you know, just like in the midst of a workout or in the midst of guided meditation, in the midst of something like this, going through the motions and having their own conversation, completely ignoring everything going around them. I'm sure it's happened on this show a few times as well. Uh, but yeah, it is such such a huge trope. And I just, it just started cracking me up as soon as I saw Nathaniel doing yoga. Have you, any of you either uh, have done yoga in the park? No, I have not. No? Not in a park, no. You have done yoga, Lindy. Yeah. You're like a big, a big yoga gal. Like you, like, is it like a daily situation or you just. Not at all. I just, I, I did it a little bit in college, but not very much, but okay. I have, I have attended a few yoga classes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have also, I've attended one hot yoga class and it was, it was just a mess. Uh, <laughs> and so it'll probably never happen again, but yeah, it was I'm a lot. I never did hot yoga because I thought I would die because <laughs> that's I kind of did. too much for me. <laughs> I was pretty close. I've never attended a yoga class. I've done like some uh, a yoga DVD, you know, at home, but I never have actually done it in public because doing it at home was embarrassing enough and yeah. people see me try to do those moves. I will say there is, I'm, I don't know why I'm defending hot yoga here in any way, but there is something about like everyone being at their worst that like <laughs> makes it better. If that makes sense versus just like you're alone at home and it's like, wow, I'm an uggo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's something worse about like doing it alone and the isolation of it versus like everyone just looking terrible a hundred percent of the time it uh, doesn't uh, help the aftermath of just like wow i can't believe <laughs> i did that with my life but there is something about like in the moment where it's like okay everyone like is hating themselves so much that they're not looking at you you know if i don't you say think so. i'm gonna uh, agree with that <laughs> but okay 
That's a, I, I am way too self-conscious uh, for that to actually work for me, I'm afraid. So. But yes, Nathaniel and George are doing it, and Nathaniel's telling him she was so mad at me, and George says, who cares what Maya thinks? You're not in love with her, you're in love with Rebecca. Nathaniel says, you don't think I know that? <laughs> and uh, you know, there's another reminder about the big presentation coming up. You're going to have to see her, see Maya, um, to work on that. Nathaniel says, none of this is going to plan. This is like that part in the movie where there's a big storm or something. And then, of course, there's there's thunder and there's a, it starts storming. Yeah, I mean, again, just like the, you know, the number of tropes they're hitting on. I don't know why, but I kept going back to the proposal with this movie. Maybe it's just or, or for, uh, for this episode. Maybe it's because I really like the proposal. Um, but like I, yeah, this was really funny to like see them out in the park and it just instantly starts raining and everyone just like look at each other there. Uh, that would be a really unfortunate situation to be doing yoga in the park and it starts raining. That'd be bad. It would be, but you could probably, you know, run to a building or something. You're in a public park. What if there's no buildings? Then run to your car. What if you parked far away, Lindy? There's so many bad potential outcomes. That's why you run. (laughs) Well, (laughs) what if I'm too sore from the yoga to run? (laughs) Then you're getting wet. Well, (laughs) there it is. I feel like there's a part of this where you should just commit to the bit and just keep doing the yoga while it rains, you know? Like, I feel like once you're there, you just go for it. If that's what you want to do with your life, go for yeah. it. I think the three of us should do yoga in public at some point in the future. That's I can <laughs> guarantee you that's I'm never just, happening. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think it'd be really fun. Uh, agree to disagree. I don't know that we would enjoy it, but it would be fun. Yeah, I think we have different definitions I, of what fun no, entails. I, so no I think uh, it would. Be, I don't know. I think it would be fun. Of all the things that we could do if we were in person together, you would choose yoga. I'm not saying it's like number one on my list, but if we're thinking about like what would be humorous, that's pretty high. <laughs> I'm so out. She's so out on this. I don't even have anything to say other than no. (laughs) You know, okay, fair enough. Just hot night then. Uh, Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now Lindy is suddenly on board. (laughs) I am. I am now. Lindy loves this idea. Now I see the humor in it. Yeah, I get what you're saying. <laughs> oh, now, now you do. Wow. Somehow Todd and I always end up doing the bits, and Lindy just sits there watching us do the bits. Uh, I don't know how this always happens. Look, we all play a role here, you know. <laughs> true. So speaking of roles, uh, Nathaniel and Maya have been assigned to work on this big presentation and they've been putting it off for the past day or two. I guess one day, really. Um, (laughs) And they finally open the file to find out who the client is. And it turns out, of course, it's Joanne, her insurance company. What? And so Nathaniel thinks, 
Maya should give the presentation. This is your grand gesture. You're going to be so smart and know what you're talking about and give the best presentation. And she's going to want you back. And so Maya is on board and she says, if you help me with the presentation, I'll help you with the speech you'll give at the grand opening of Greg's restaurant, which we heard about before, but then we kind of forgot about it. Is that when Jim pops in again? Like, yep, that's still happening. And then pops yeah. back out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably my favorite insight. So that's the moment where it just like cracked me up. Just popped in and say, yep, that's still happening. And then pop back out. <laughs> just like, I just love that they're like, well, we heard about this kind of at the beginning and we haven't talked about it in a while, but now it's coming back because now it's important again. I loved, I loved this. So Maya says that based on what Jim said, you know, Greg is probably going to propose, but before that, you're going to give Rebecca the most amazing speech. Okay. So they get to work since all of this is happening tomorrow. And then we have a montage of them working together and it is brilliant adam is nodding his head every part of this was just chef's kiss amazing i mean as they were working they're like talking we get uh, uh what what's the line that maya says like i never had i never a had a mom. real mom just a dead mom <laughs> like what <laughs> that's so funny uh we get uh they're like dancing through part of it and then my fate my hands down favorite part is the end here where nathaniel like puts a blanket over maya turns the light out and it's just like so cute and then the next scene is Maya putting a blanket over Nathaniel and turning the light out. <laughs> it's like this show doesn't make me laugh out loud too often, but like seeing those in sequential order is just so funny. That's so good. <laughs> I loved this montage. Like you said, Adam, every part was just so perfect. Um, you know, they're, they're writing on chalkboards and, you know, like clearly coming up with a great idea and like nodding and writing it down, like having dinner, like, oh, we have to open these fortune cookies, like laughing together. And all of this is, um, got quirky music in the background, this song. And my favorite part, there's a little dance move that I think is really funny, but my favorite part is when Maya is just randomly crying and she's like, speak to a manager then she said i am the manager i was so embarrassed <laughs> i loved that it was it was so good todd were you a fan of this as well yeah yeah th this whole sequence was lots of fun i i really enjoyed it i like at one point i like Nathaniel was random, like playing a bongo or something, you know, it's like drumming away on something just out of the blue. Yeah. The, uh, I never had a real mom, just a dead mom was pr for me, the highlight of the scene. It was just like such a weird, weird thing <laughs> to say. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the whole sequence is great. Just like a perfect, perfect, a, uh, homage to montage. So then the next day it's time for the big presentation. Finally. And Tim actually arrives super confidently. He somehow managed to secure this book and explains to Bert, you know, how he got it. And yeah, he actually uh, managed to fulfill that <laughs> request. This is the most put together we have ever seen Tim and will ever see Tim in the series. This is 
he comes in and he's not, you know, disheveled. He's not slumped over. He's not looking haggard or worried. He like struts in all competent and everything. And just like, oh, okay, okay. O- only in the fantasy sequence will we see Tim <laughs> in such a positive light. And then Nathaniel is encouraging Maya before her presentation. She stands up and it seems like she's nervous when she starts speaking. Uh, but then it goes to this montage where we can't we can't really hear what she's saying, but she looks super confident. She's gesturing to the whiteboard behind her with all of these um, all of these graphics. And we do hear some like buzzwords from her every it cuts in and you hear her say like one phrase and it's really funny. Yeah, it's like tree frogs, compliance, the environment, zoning. The big four in the insurance the world, four. I've heard. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's certainly not another big four <laughs> uh, that would be competing for that. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was really funny. Uh, it was also like, again, like an awesome moment for Maya is like my takeaway here. Uh, I mean, she like girl bossed the hell out of this. Like she's crushing this presentation and I love everyone like looking at each other at the table while she's doing it too. Even Paula is like looking back to see like the responses from everyone else. Uh, Yeah. I mean, this was, this was just really, really good stuff. Everyone claps. And of course, Nathaniel is so proud of her. And Paula says, it's all I cared about and it happened. And now she's wondering what her purpose is. Yeah, and she just looks so sad after that. She kind of gets up and walks to the table like she's a little lost lamb, has no idea what to do now that her one true purpose in life has been fulfilled. It's so good. And Joanne approaches Maya and says, I had no idea you were so smart and wise and poised. What a great speech. Maybe I should have never let you go. And she tells Maya that she already dumped Marcy while Maya was talking. (laughs) That's quick uh breaking up with someone while in a like a big work presentation that's a lot and what does my tell her that's sweet or romantic or something <laughs> like that like is it though is is this person dumping their current girlfriend via text really <laughs> a good thing I... well later on nathaniel is gonna think it's a bad thing <laughs> Um, so Nathaniel and Maya are celebrating that it went so well. And Maya says, now get to that opening and win back the girl you love. And he's like, the girl I love. Sure. (laughs) And of course, it's like, oh, now he loves Maya, obviously, after all that they've gone through together. And Maya kind of like starts a bunch of sentences like, I just want you to know that. And he's like, I know it. (laughs) But Maya goes off with Joanne and Nathaniel goes to the opening of the restaurant and uh, Nathaniel wonders when to give his speech. But then Greg kneels down and holds out a ring to Rebecca. So George is like, it's time. And so, oh, also Nathaniel was like, I don't know if she was jealous. And Jim pops in. And he's like, she was jealous. <laughs> 
No, like pops into the booth with them. Like, uh, oh, you told me you didn't know. She was toast jealous. That's why she got up and left. And then the dancer starts to ask me a question, but Jim starts pops right back out. He like pops into the booth, squeezes in, says this, and then zips away before Nathaniel can like get any further information from him. It's, it's so good. It's so good. So now's the time for Nathaniel to make his speech. He grabs the microphone as Craig is like on one knee. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I was going to make a speech here tonight and I had a gesture planned, but I, and then we see flashbacks of him and Maya together, <laughs> memories from the past two days. And Nathaniel says, I don't want to say it anymore. Not here anyway. I have to go. And then we see like th this scene of like a car, you know, driving on its way and then like screeching to a halt in front of the destination. And Nathaniel shows up at the wine bar where Maya and Joanne are. And he tells her, it's you. It's always been you. I'm not the person I used to be. I thought this was really interesting. that They had that exact sentence there when that was an episode title a few uh, episodes ago when Greg was reintroduced. I'm not the person I used to be. Nathaniel says that here. And he says, you've changed my whole life. Who I am, who I can be. You know, he's saying, you know, we're an unexpected couple, but we do belong together. And Maya's response is, what we had was wonderful and fun. We had chemistry. I thought I really loved you. The sex was amazing. <laughs> Nathaniel's like, what? <laughs> she says, yeah, ever since we had our first kiss in the elevator, our chemistry has been. And Nathaniel's like, wait, wait, we didn't kiss in the elevator. And Maya keeps going, I'm back with my ex now, someone I have a chance at being truly happy with. Please, let me be happy. And then Maya turns into Rebecca. And Rebecca says, if you want me to be happy, you have to let me go. And Nathaniel says, really? And it seems like he's crying. And she says, you need to move on from me. And he says, what? No. <laughs> Let's talk about this before, you know, go any further i mean adam what did you think of this transition from this story with nathaniel and maya this fantasy and then M maya turning into rebecca yeah i so i had two kind of major thoughts here i think the first is that i was not expecting this is how the episode would end i certainly thought they were going to delve deeper into the rom-com of it all and have it be a situation where we are leaving this episode where Rebecca and Nathaniel are more along the lines of like, will they, won't they, is this more of a choice type situation? Rebecca has feelings, Nathaniel has feelings. That's sort of where I thought it was going to go. And so getting this kind of change here is he's professing the stuff to Maya and then, you know, kind of having Rebecca, Rebecca take that spot. I think it was actually like really powerful for Nathaniel here in this moment this is i mean my takeaway instead of that from this episode is instead like wow nathaniel is like growing in a way that i was not expecting him to grow and it makes me like him more than i was expecting to like him at the end of this episode he obviously like he is playing the main role this episode whereas you know rebecca would normally be playing it uh you know in other episodes but like this transition i think was was really well done i think is the other thing um because like i think that we know that we're not going to get like a nathaniel and maya like relationship for the rest of the series i think that like that is clear right up front 
Um, but like to turn this into a Nathaniel needs to learn to let Rebecca go. And this is how he's going to get it via this self-discovery from a rom-com, even though this is not how rom-coms end, I think is really interesting. But to be fair, Nathaniel never saw a rom-com and he said earlier he <laughs> watched like the first hour and then kind of like loses interest or falls asleep or something. So he has no idea that this is going against how rom-coms should go. Yeah, I was not expecting this at all on my first watch either. This is like a huge, huge swerve, uh, which I appreciate. I appreciate them uh, doing this. And, you know, as as Mike, as my first like describing, as she's talking to Maya and everything is like, you know, everything's saying to Maya right now, He everything that he's describing about the relationship would describe his and Rebecca's relationship. And I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why it's very much, he is describing his and Rebecca's relationship. And his brain is just, you know, coached it in this other way to get him to realize uh, what he needs to do it was it's so sad to me when rebecca appears there and she says like please let me be happy for some reason that really it's so sad like for both of them i feel like for nathaniel who has to realize like if rebecca is really happy with greg like i shouldn't get in the way of that and also for rebecca to i know this is not reality but for her to just be saying like please like let me be happy like don't ruin this for me i i thought it was sad on both sides and after having this really fun you know quirky rom-com happening to just suddenly cut to this i i like i i i like the artistic choice of it is what i'm saying but it it really gets me like oh my gosh yeah so, but always i mean a lot of what Crazy Girlfriend does is subverting those tropes and subverting those sort of expectations. So the fact that they, after like leaning hard into those tropes for the entire episode to suddenly do this huge swerve away from it and subvert it is very in keeping with the show that we have come to love. And one of the reasons why we love the show so much. So uh, in, in hindsight, it's not, not that surprising they did something like this, but in the moment it was, I was not expecting it because they had leaned into the rom-com tropes so much. And let's be honest, this season has not necessarily given us reason to expect them to do the best with the material they have at their hand. You know, we have all been a little, little let down by the season in one way or another, but this episode is definitely got a high water mark uh, of the season in lots of ways. Yeah, and, you know, Nathaniel hears a knock, and now he's back to reality. It's a pizza delivery guy at his door, and Nathaniel is clearly very affected by this whole thing he's been fantasizing, and so he asks the guy, like, how do I let her go? And he's crying, and he hugs the pizza guy, who is just probably like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, it's a very Rebecca move from Nathaniel at this point. You know, just like randomly pours his heart out to the, someone delivering something. I and mean, this is very much, you know, tell me it's okay, Patrick, a, uh, energy here. Uh, yeah, the poor pizza guy. The poor pizza guy. It's like, I hope Nathaniel gave him a super good tip uh, after that. He was only holding a 20 because we did see the money. Uh, I feel like we need a little bit more than 20 for the, the kind of service that is being given here. Hopefully it was a stack of 20s. Um, but then we go to kind of the ending of this episode. So Rebecca is working at Rebetzel's and Maya is sitting down in the lobby there. And Nathaniel walks in and he sees Maya and says, 
Maya, you can do better than Joanne. She doesn't understand good karaoke. And she dumped Marcy during a meeting. <laughs> and Maya, of course, is like, what? <laughs> and then Nathaniel says, also, you look great in magenta dresses. <laughs> Maya's like, not a proke, dude. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, and then Nathaniel walks up to Rebecca and he wants to tell her something, and so does she. And so she says she wants to go first. And she says, Greg and I are, and Nathaniel says, You're together. I know. And she says, I'm sorry. And he says, It's okay, you're happy. I learned that. <laughs> and Rebecca's like, When did you learn that? And so he says, I had this weird fantasy daydream thing. It's like I imagined myself in a recognizable pop culture genre. It's like I was trying on a persona to figure out something in my life. And Rebecca says, go on. And he says, I realized something I didn't know before and learned from it. And she says, I can relate. What did you learn? And he says, I got to let you go because you're happy, right? You're happy with Greg. She says, I, I don't know. I'm not there yet, but I, I could be yeah and he says he's a great guy he's not a jerk who wears blazers and a sweater <laughs> and nathaniel says i'm glad you're happy and it makes me happy too and rebecca is clearly moved by this she's like wow thank you and so nathaniel goes up to work and then greg walks in and he missed rebecca even though they just hung out an hour ago and they kiss and that's where we leave Nathaniel and Rebecca. So what do we think of all of this? I love it. I mean, I love it a lot. I've been so low on Nathaniel for basically the entire series. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, that's not going to change like a lot here, but it is going to change because I feel like in this episode alone, like we get the Nathaniel growth arc. Like we get Nathaniel learning things. This this moment here at the end, where him not only having the realization that he has to let Rebecca go, but then going to tell Rebecca that, like this is not something that early Nathaniel would do. Like this isn't even close to something that early Nathaniel would do. Um, like we've seen Nathaniel do how much scheming to like get in Rebecca's life in one way or another. He's like he's you know he's done tons of things that are you know way less than appropriate uh to to get rebecca in her in his life and you know here we have him making this mature decision in like mature conversation with rebecca i'm impressed with nathaniel here like i think this is this is really really good from him um we'll see kind of how long it lasts in terms of like this mentality of letting rebecca be happy with greg um We'll just have to see about that. And then I, the other thing I'll say, I really love this ending moment with Greg as well, because I think that if we didn't have it, it would have been easy to characterize all of his stuff. This episode is like the douchey boyfriend from the rom-com. Uh, and instead we get like what I think is a really cute moment at the end where it's like, I missed you. We've only gone for an hour. I know. Like, that's so cute. That's, I mean, that's just so freaking cute. Uh, and they, you know, kiss in public, which, uh, you know, uh, whatever, but that's the I I really love this whole thing. Um, really good episode from Nathaniel. Like really, really probably his best episode yet, in my opinion. I would I would probably agree with that. I don't I can't immediately think of one that is like oh he's much better in that one than this one. I mean this is a great Nathaniel episode. 
I love that he's telling her like, you know, yeah, I imagine myself in a pop culture genre. <laughs> and like, obviously she's like, oh my gosh, like I know exactly what you're talking about. But he probably thinks it's some totally weird thing that he's doing. Um, but she's like the one person who would understand that. Um, so I love this conversation. Um, I agree with you about, you know, they have to have Greg walk in and, and be sweet to counteract the rom-com fantasy, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm team Nathaniel. <laughs> Just let her be happy, Lindy. Let her go. <laughs> I think one thing that surprised me about this is I was expecting whenever a uh, Nathaniel talking about doing like the Rebecca thing and she's like, go on. I was expecting there to be like the, the music. I was expecting for Rebecca to get like sucked back into Nathaniel's orbit by this in this episode, because that seems to be the thing that we have seen happen to Rebecca again and again. So the fact that it ended with her like a, uh, being thankful for this and like seeing his growth, but not automatically being drawn to him and then still staying with Greg because she sees the potential to be happy with Greg. I think it's a little bit of growth for Rebecca as well, just like a tiny bit. But I think just a few episodes ago, whenever she was like, had all three guys she was interested in, or she was, wasn't sure what's going on you know i think we could have had that moment but here we have like her like like connecting with nathaniel on you know on a level but not uh taking that as oh we're meant to be together which is like unusual for rebecca not to go to that place so i thought that was a really interesting thing to have them connect but not connect on a romantic level at this point yeah i agree i really like that um so then we get just a short little <laughs> ending here where leonard across the room is having his own fantasy it's him in the elevator with the sunglasses just like bert was and he says get my steak ready emily blunt it's a nice tag it's a nice tag it, the emily blunt uh, name drop is what i think what does it for me right there <laughs> yeah very on the nose but i laughed so i liked it and that's our episode that's the episode, season four, episode 11 of Crazy Ace Girlfriend. Like I said, one of my favorites of the series. There's just so many things that work so well, so many lines that were amazing. Characters that got to shine that normally don't get to shine all that much. Uh, and I think we end the episode in like such an amazing place. Uh, so much better than where we started the episode. So uh, I'm all in. Uh, but we're not done here today. Uh, we still have to do something very, very important. That is, of course, get into Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game Corner. Todd's Game and here we are back in todd's game corner um i'm not gonna lie to you i forget <laughs> where we are standings wise i think lindy uh, won last week <laughs> yeah lindy won last week we are now six to four six to four okay so we're pretty close okay. not bad not bad yeah we're, we're pretty close um okay yeah i don't even remember what the quiz was last week but i remember lindy winning so huge lindy you're riding some momentum here Love to see it. It was about like law TV shows. Yeah. 
uh, right? Something. Yeah. It was probably horror comic book. Who knows? Uh, no, okay. No, it, it was <laughs> so, the, it was legal TV show word scramble. That's what it was. Like. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so Lindy is riding high on a dub from last week, six to four overall. Uh, we need you need what ten to clinch the, or nine? I don't know. A, a lot more than what we have right now. So no danger. It, it's of that ten. Because it's, it's eighteen episodes. Yeah. Okay. We count like so the, ten the episode. You know, so it would be. I don't know. Who we are ten, whatever. Ten to, ten to clinch. Yeah. Uh, to we'll to get clinch. there when we get there. Okay, Lindy, six to four overall. Uh, Todd, what do you have for us today? Well, there is no way the quiz could not be rom com uh, related uh, this week. So I'm going to give uh, going to take turns. I'm going to give you a pair of rom coms, and you're going to have to tell me which one is the highest grossing of the two. Oh, okay. So, and I will pair them based on the stars. So oh. I'll give you two movies from that both starred the same actor, actress, or some cases pairs. And so you're basically comparing two films from the same person. And you have to tell me which one of those you think was the higher grossing of the two. Okay. That's very fun. Uh, I'm, I feel like I'm not usually very good at these like numbers, like how much money they made. Lindy, yeah. you're feeling good. Uh, I feel like I should have studied romantic comedies because we we knew that yeah, this would I be the subject. Did. I really so almost I should have did. studied. I don't think I ever would have. I would have just studied like names, though. I don't think I ever would have studied gross like payouts here. Uh, okay, so Todd, who's going first? So a uh, we are back to uh, odd number episodes. Adam going first. So Adam, you'll be the first one to go. So first, it's going to be two Julia Roberts rom coms. Classic. So we have My Best Friend's Wedding and Runaway Bride. Ooh. Okay. Uh, two good films. I've seen them both. We might. This honestly might be the one quiz where Todd's going to say eight movies between these four questions, and I might have seen them all. It will <laughs> probably be the only time that has ever happened. Um, probably the only time I've seen more than, like, two. Uh, okay. This is tough, Todd. Um, I'm going to go with Runaway Bride. And Adam is on the board with one point because Runaway Bride did indeed make more money than My Best Friend's Wedding. Was it close? Uh, it's relatively close. 152 million to 127 million. Okay. Yeah, both, uh, both up there. Yep. All right, one to zero. So, Lindy, you get Sandra Bullock movies. And so your two options are The Proposal and Two Weeks Notice. <laughs> oh. Lindy, does it affect you at all that I said The Proposal multiple times <laughs> You said The, the Proposal like five times in this podcast. <laughs> does and that it change your vote? kind of swaying me. Okay. I'll be completely honest. Um, I haven't seen any of these. <laughs> I feel that since Adam loves the proposal so much, whether or not that's the answer, I should be watching this, apparently. You should. Yeah. If you really love true love, then you would. <laughs> I do love true love, obviously. So I should. Um, I hope this... I I honestly... Two weeks notice doesn't sound familiar to me at all. So I'm just going to pick the proposal. And once again, going to the thing that Adam loves is the right choice because <laughs> Adam's choice... Uh, is the correct answer. So uh scores now one to one. Both of those movies are very good though. So uh you know. Yep. 
Next up, uh, Adam. We have a, uh, a couple of movies that star Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Okay. So we have Fifty First Dates and The Wedding Singer. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I would recommend The Wedding Singer. That might be the one that I maybe don't say is really good <laughs> at the end of this. Um, which makes me want to pick Fifty First Dates, but I don't know that it is actually made more money. Uh, okay, I'm just going to pick it. Uh, give me Fifty First Dates. And once again, Adam going with the scut has paid off for him. And Adam gets the point. It's just a better movie. Just like straight up, it's a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Lindy, a uh, got to get this for the tie. And this is going to be Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan movies. So we have Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail. Is it just me or is this the hardest question yet? I think this <laughs> might be the easiest one yet. Oh no! <laughs> I think Lindy's gotten two pretty easy questions here. Actually, I knew the answers to yours. That's what I would have guessed. Mm -hmm. This is easy. Oh no! Well, that's gonna make me overthink. That it. might be a trick, though. Maybe, maybe it's a trick by me, but also a trick by Todd. It'd be the double double reverse. Triple. Okay, I just gotta pick one, and I'm gonna go with Sleepless in Seattle. And we're all tied up. Woo! Okay. Is that one even say, close, Todd? That was actually the closest out of all of these. Really? Like, yeah. I told all, you. There's like uh, 11 million uh, separating those two. Um, <sighs> everything else was like a much, much bigger gap. That's wild. So, okay. Yeah. Well, is this the first time we've ever gone to a tiebreaker after all of us getting all the questions right? I feel like we <laughs> never get all of the questions right. I feel like it's happened before, maybe once or twice, but a, uh, it's rare. We're in rare territory here. Okay. Yeah. So, so the tiebreaker. The tiebreaker, of course, is going to be a... Uh, so I got the list of the top, you know, 100 uh, rom-coms. So I'm going to a, uh, give you the... Thing that's marked as the number one rom com. It's one thing that I don't, even though it is a rom com, I don't necessarily think of it as a rom com because it's not so much about people getting together. They're already getting, it's my big fat Greek wedding is what's listed as the number one rom com. It's not your traditional will they, won't they type type of rom com. But mm -hmm. my big fat Greek wedding is listed as the number one grossing rom com of all time. Mm -hmm. So, a uh, how much did oh. my big fat Greek wedding bring in? And to give you a, uh, some scale i'll tell you what the number five rom-com of all okay. time took in the number five rom-com of all time there's something about mary took in 176 million dollars oh okay uh and we'll just message you yeah so just message me how much you think a uh, my big fat greek wedding made and as always the person who's who is closest to the number will take it if they're both equal amounts away uh it will be whoever's closest without going over if they are both giving me the same number then we'll go down to the number two movie in the list which has never happened but it's a possibility so and now I need to see. All right. So Adam's guess was 250 million. Lindy's guess was 210 million. And Adam furthers his lead because the correct answer is 241 million. So it was You're between your right two there. answers. You're both really close, but Adam was just a smidge closer. Those are both really good 20 guesses. Million. Yeah. 
Dang, we were both right there, Lindy. Yes, and sadly, only one of us got the win. <laughs> that, well, I mean, to be fair, that is how games work. <laughs> I know. It's frustrating. <laughs> um, wow, close quiz. That was a good one, Todd. I, I mean, we should have known that it was about rom-coms, but I, honestly, I feel like both Lindy and I put a, a very good showing here today in the quiz. Maybe yeah. one of our best showings yet. I think I would, that was my be. best losing showing for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, look at us. Maybe we're getting better at the quiz just in time for it to be over for the series. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, okay. Let's give out some pretzels and a truly happy point. We only had one song this episode, the uh, gratuitous karaoke moment. Uh, Lindy, we'll start with you. What do you have here in terms of pretzels for gratuitous karaoke moment? I'm going back and forth. Um, I, I think this song worked really well. The one thing that's kind of pushing it down for me is that it, when it gets stuck in my head, the only words I remember are gratuitous karaoke moment. And that's a little annoying, but that might just be my fault. But I'm going to give this a solid four. Solid four. Okay, Todd, what about you? I'm right there with you, Lindy. Solid four is where I'm going. It's a good song. I really like it, but it's not like the upper echelon of songs of the series for me. Okay, I'm a little bit higher. I'm like a 4.4-ish for this. Uh, I'm not like crazy high, but uh, th this certainly uh, was, it was a good song for me. Uh, okay, our truly happy point of the episode. I'm just going to preface this uh, by saying Nathaniel was my second choice for this episode. This is the closest that I have ever been to giving Nathaniel a truly happy point. Like truly... It was it was very close, and I almost came onto this podcast thinking, "What if I just shocked everyone by picking <laughs> Nathaniel?" But if I do not pick Maya in this episode, where she absolutely shined like a freaking star, uh, what are we doing here? So Maya certainly is one that would be truly happy, uh, a truly happiest this episode. Uh, but Nathaniel also made me truly happy. So, you know, we're, we, we can only give one point to this, but there were a lot of people vying for this episode, but Maya definitely gets it for me. Surprise, surprise. I know, I know. But Nathaniel was number two. So all you Nathaniel stands out there, Lindy, uh, he was right up there. He was right up there in line for this, uh, for this point, which I believe he'll probably still be getting some. Lindy, who do you have here for your truly happy? Well, I'll just preface this by saying that Maya was my second choice. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but I'm going to pick Nathaniel. Surprise, surprise. Uh, I loved Nathaniel in this episode. Just every, I think all of it worked. There were moments of humor, especially that part where he was turning around in the mirror. I thought that was really funny. And then there were also really serious moments of growth and learning and him realizing like he wants Rebecca to be happy. And if that's not with him, then he's still going to want her to be happy. And I just loved him in this whole episode. So my point goes to Nathaniel. Yeah, we're very on brand here today. Todd, what about you? So I just want to preface this by saying that Nathaniel, Maya, my second and third choices. Oh, uh, <laughs> I have to go with the person who made me laugh the most often this episode and that was jim i know it's like it's, it's bizarre i know but jim the, just the scene where he pops in like yep that's still happening and pops back out it cracked me up so much and him popping in the booth and then zipping away every time jim did that it just cracked me up so this is the only time jim is going to get a really happy point for me throughout the entire series i know but i he made me the happiest out of everyone so it was a great episode nathaniel and Maya both had great episodes but jim was the character that actually made me laugh the most probably 
Okay. Uh, fair enough. I feel like all three of these picks are very on brand for the three of us. <laughs> they so really are. This all tracks. <laughs> uh, okay. That's it. That's it for us here today. Uh, season four, episode 11 uh, of Wonder Scrubble Podcast. Um, Lindy, what do you have going on? What are you up to these days? What's your what, What's new in your life? Not much. Uh, <laughs> is there something you're thinking of? I, well, I don't know. I maybe you had a big announcement that you didn't tell any of us about. Wanted to reveal live on the podcast. No, I don't have any announcements. Um, okay. Unless, unless you know something, I don't. But no, I just want I you know just wanted to tee you up for something. Maybe you <laughs> wanted to. I don't know. Unfortunately, same old, same old. But that's okay. Things are going fine. Um, as always, I'm on Twitter at TV Lindy and our podcast Twitter at One CXG Podcast. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Todd, what are you up to uh, these days? You can find me on Twitter at Librarian Todd because Todd Librarian has too many characters. You can find me over on twitch.tv slash dmphilly a few times a month playing a Wheel of Time-based D&D game called Threads in the Pattern. I was also recently on the Stark Wars podcast with our good friend Touchdown Tommy and Michael talking about the Werewolf by Night, a uh, one-shot uh, special on Disney+. Plus. And I had a lot of, time, a lot of fun talking about that. Yeah, amazing. I'm Adam H. You can find me on Twitter at Piano and Adam One. Uh, we took a goddess uh, last week from two of my podcasts, Who A and Reboot, but we're back this week. So uh, come check us out the uh, Eccleston finale uh, of Who A with Kevin Mate and Melissa Woodward. We're talking about that over there on uh, Post Show Recaps. If you're a patron, uh, which if you aren't a patron, you should become a patron to post your recaps. It's a very fun time. Come play D&D with us, talk about TV, talk about CXG, uh, and of course, listen to the Who Ate Podcast. Um, and then Reboot will be covering episodes six and seven together. It should actually uh, release the same week that this is coming out. So if you uh, have not been checking out that show, you should check out that show. Todd covered it with us as well. We had a lot of fun over there. So go check out Reboot. Um, and then the Final Fantasy news. Of course, I am back playing Final Fantasy. This time, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, Brooklyn Zed and I are having a ton of fun over there. I'll be through a couple chapters by the time this releases. And I'm just going to say right off the bat, this game is stunning. Uh, like truly stunning. And it's possible that I was very jilted from playing a game that was created in the year of my birth, uh, the year of our Lord, 1997, uh, which was, you know, kind of a brutal, brutal time to create a game there. But this was a modern game and it is so much fun to play, so much fun to talk about. So go check us out over there. But of course, the most important place you can find me is right back here where next week we will be back talking through season four, episode 12 of Crazy Ex Girlfriend. And until then, Bye.